Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Designer and Developer Having Coffee podcast. My name is Tom. I'm the designer in this duo. Uh, extremely enthusiastic today. And a quick random fact about me is that I really like the show Stranger Things. And I'm wearing a Eddie Munson t-shirt from the last season. That is basically in an art style of like Manowar and all the 80s metal bands. It's a really cool t-shirt. Really love it. And, and love Eddie as a character. All, anyway. our, all our audio listeners are going to love your t-shirt. Uh, hey everybody, I'm Mario. I'm the enthusiastic developer in this duo. And actually, a random fact about me is that I also play the drums as a hobby. And I actually have a new gig, which terrifies the hell out of me. So next Friday, I'm playing at my oldest kid's kindergarten. Their teacher asked me if I can come and show them the drums and play a little and play a little with them. And while playing, you know, uh, rock songs or, or ska songs or whatever in front of a crowd of a thousand people doesn't, I don't give a damn about it. This is a scary audience and this is a gig that I'm really terrified of. So I really hope that it goes well and I'm looking forward to it. Those poor kids going to be scarred for life. Eh, yeah, but that's their problem. What would psychotherapists do for a living if we didn't scar our children in time? It's true. That's I'm true. helping the economy. Um, I'm, I'm an altruist. <laughs> Very kind of you. Very kind of you. Thank you. By the way, I'm also doing this from a remote location, so you will see that there is weird walls and, and things like that, and that I don't have the hat on, and that I actually had a haircut. This is because I'm traveling, so yay. Well done. Thank you. You're traveling. Well done. Introduce our topic for today. Our topic today is something that happen, <laughs> happens a lot and maybe shouldn't. It's meetings. <laughs> so uh, meetings can be effective. Meetings can be efficient. Meetings can make sense and don't have to. So we're not. And gonna... meetings can also be an email. Meetings can also could have also been an email. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between the two and how to actually make the most out of meetings, how to make meetings make sense. Good. That's, that's great. I've actually, the last position I was in there, we were using Google suite for business and the calendar tells you actually how many hours you're in meetings, which is both great and kind of the worst at the same time. But at one point I had 75 hours a month in meetings, 75 out of which I was needed to around like 15 hours out of 75. So I talked to the CTO and my team and I was like, you know what guys, I'm going to mark myself as optional on all of these daily standups and all of these unnecessary stuff where basically they are talking about stuff that I designed three months ago, so I'm not needed here. And then if you need some clarification on the work, you just pull me in. I'm going to like, I'm available. I'm here. I'm online. Pull me in a meeting. But if you don't need me, I'm not going to, I'll rather be, be productive and do something that I'm actually getting paid for and reduce my meetings from like 75 to like 30 ish hours uh, a month, which was great and managed to get the whole tech team not 
do stand-ups daily. I kind of argued why I'm doing this for myself and then make a case for let's just reduce meetings in daily stand-ups from five a day, five a week to two or three because a lot of things do not happen during the week. Like you come in on Monday, you set up, this is what I'm doing for this week and then on Friday, basically check in. And a lot of these daily stand-ups were, I did this yesterday, I'm gonna do this today. But basically, people in your team don't give a shit if you're whatever the tickets you are picking up today. I will see the tickets moving through Jira or whatever we're using. So I know what you're working on. I, you don't need to tell me that in advance. And then you don't need to tell me these are the tickets I finished because I see them marked as complete. And especially if your tickets do not reflect on my work, I really don't care. And then you have 10 people in a meeting. Everybody's doing two midi- midi- minutes what they did, what they're going to do that turns into five. And then somebody starts a conversation about, oh, we should have done this and we should do that. And then it turns into a very weird retro that nobody asked for. And suddenly 10 people are on a call that lasts 30, 45 an hour, which basically if you take into account everybody's hourly rate, that's like you're just wasting a fuck ton of money down the drain to people listen on rambling about stuff that's not important. So yeah, rant over. A friend, just to, to comment on the last remark, a friend of mine was working in a company. They had a system where they would know everybody's rates, salaries, and everything. So if you book like, they were working in a physical office. So if you book, I don't know, this hall and say that these are the people that are going to be attending the meeting. In the beginning of meeting, you have to say, okay, this person showed up, this person showed up, this person showed up. And then it would have like a gas station, you know. It would have the little counter on a tablet next to the exit door that would just go on and count off money. <laughs> Similar like it does when you're pumping petrol into a car. And you would just say, okay, this meeting is now at $100. <laughs> this meeting is now at 200 You got eight people into a room to talk. Maybe it's useful. But just so you know that the expense of this, this is now $2,000. This is now $3,000. And it's actually, I mean, it's funny and it's fun until people realize that it's actually realistic. So going back to to that, my first advice for how to make meetings efficient is have an agenda. A meeting has to have an agenda. So I was working in different companies, in different teams, and we always had an agenda. Ideally, that agenda was emailed to everybody beforehand so that people could think about what they have to contribute and that we could, uh, you know, have a discussion about it. If it's items that don't need a discussion, then that doesn't need to be a meeting. It can be an email. Very often, it is things that need a discussion, so you do want to have an email. But you do want to say, okay, today we're going to cover this topic, these three points, this topic, these three points, this topic, these three points. Or if it's an operational meeting that, you know, goes on a weekly basis or on a daily basis or whatever, then it's going to have a structure. So, like, we're going to go through all of our clients. The key account manager is going to give their reports. It's going to be six sentences per client at max. The salesperson who sold it is going to give their comments two sentences max. If it's anything more than that, then it ends up with, there is more details. We can have a call with the relevant people right after this. 
There's no point in 10 other salespeople listening in unless you need their feedback, of course. So all of these rules are like with, unless for some reason you need to. But those reasons are very rare. And actually, if you have an agenda and if you have a really kind of flow of the meeting, you can get a lot more done. When I was uh, working in TopTal, we used to have, you know, we would, we used to have like overviews of where everything was. And then in the beginning, those were a little less structured. And then as we figured out as the team was growing that we needed to structure them more, we did. And we figured that when structuring it more, we could do like three times the work in same amount of time. And that was, uh, they just showed you how inefficient you were earlier. So start with an agenda that is emailed to all participants prior. And actually a friend of mine was working in a company where he said, if they call you to a meeting and he was a team lead, he said, if they call you to a meeting where you don't get the agenda in advance, you say, I don't want to come to this meeting because I think it's going to be unproductive. If you have any problem with that, talk to my team lead. That's, that's great. There's a brutal, I, but it's great. That, it, this is how people should communicate in the workplace. Anyway, there's a, I don't know if you've seen this, it was, it has been circulated online and I shared this with multiple people in previous companies when I worked there. Uh, but there's a CIA sabotage manual. Have you seen that? So it's from 1914. It's a CIA simple sabotage field manual for strategic services. So general interference with organizations and production. Okay. This I'm, I'm, I'm reading from the page one of the manual. Insist on doing everything through channels. Never permit shortcuts to be taken in order to expedite decisions. Two, make speeches. Talk as frequently as possible and at great lengths. Illustrate your points by long anecdotes and accounts of personal experience. Never hesitate to make a few appropriate patriotic comments. Number three, when possible, refer all matters to committees. For further study and consideration, attempt to make the committees the largest possible, never less than five. <laughs> number four, bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. Number, number six, haggle over precise wordings of communications, minutes, and resolutions. Number six, refer back to matters decided upon at the last meeting and attempt to reopen the questions of advisability on that decisions. Number seven, advocate caution. Be reasonable and urge your fellow conferences to reason and advocate and avoid haste, which might result in embarrassment and difficulties later on. It's a, it's a really old page, so I'm struggling to read properly. Number eight, be worried about the property of any decision. Raise the question of whether such action is contemplated, lies within the jurisdiction of the group, or whether it might be conflict with the policy of some higher echelon. And this basically describes every fucking business meeting I was ever on. And when you read, and this is just page one, this is a manual. And when you read the manual, if I was to Do you have change that? the title, yeah, yes, I'll send you the link. I can share the link in the, in the episode. If I just change the title to how to run business meetings and share <laughs> that, people will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a standard Western uh, business meeting. And it's, it's funny to see how that CIA business disruption technique became a prop part of business culture. And when you look at startups that are led by 
younger people, millennials and younger, who don't give a shit about proper business etiquette and this is how we do it in the office and all button up bullshit. Decision happens way quicker. Conversations are much more open and direct and people just get shit done, at least from my experience. So the decisions have to happen fast. This is this is probably another topic that we could do, by the way, add it to the list. Decisions have to happen fast, even if they're wrong, because if they're wrong and you make them fast, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to fail. You're going to figure out, okay, that decision was wrong. Now I know why. And you can actually pivot and do it. The thing that you mustn't do is fall in love with your decision and be stubborn about it so that when you see it failing, you don't go, okay, there was the wrong decision, but you say, oh, this was my decision. We are going to the, to the bitter end because you are. <laughs> There's a great saying like that I think it's applicable in this scenario and it's strong convictions loosely held. And and I try to keep that one in mind about a lot of things, business and otherwise, because it gives you the opportunity to learn and grow. But especially when you make a decision, if you find new information that changes the decision, just drop it, make a new one and move forward. There's a there's a tip that I want to share regarding meetings that I started to do some five years ago or something where I found myself in a situation where something was said in a meeting and then it was repeated differently later on in, in a conversation. And then it basically, I think the proper English word is the, I don't know how to say it, the it's Chinese phone, I think it's... We call it the uh, deaf telephone, but yeah. Def, yeah, but a Chinese whisper. I think it's Chinese whisper in English. But basically, it came down to like fourth party. It completely misunderstood what was said and what was done. And then that person thought that I was in the wrong and said something wrong and, da, 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 and like had a different opinion of how I operate based on completely wrong information. So what I do now is after each meeting, even if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a line manager or a someone you manage, it doesn't matter what it is. I always make a point that I write everything down in just simple bullet points. And once I'm done, send an email after like, hey, thank you for this meeting. I'm happy we had this conversation. These are the topics that we discussed. This is the conclusion that I draw from our conversation. So I have, this is the conclusion I have. No need to reply to this email. Like if, you agree, no need to reply. If you don't, please let me know and let's amend whatever was happened. And I hit send after the meeting. People usually read, oh yeah, yeah, Tom writes these things, forget. But then like later down the line, three, six, nine months later, like, oh, you said, oh, no, 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 no. Like I have receipts for everything and I will not be thrown under a bus ever again. So receipts for everything, for every minor conversation. Done. I was actually uh, about to raise the same thing. So... But another thing that you said that you might have not even noticed that was important. So write minutes. This is what was said and this is what was agreed. And the problem with writing minutes is that usually in your schedule, you book like a meeting for an hour and then the meeting, take, the meeting takes an hour and then you have your next task. Pro tip here, book 15 to 20 minutes extra for the meeting. So if you know the meeting is going to take half an hour, book a 45-minute slot in your calendar. Why? So that after the meeting, you can sit down, you can write up the minutes, you can send them to all relevant people, and only then is your meeting done. 
If you don't do that, then your meeting isn't done and you are going to get into trouble where people misinterpret what was said and people interpret it in their own way because they are people, they are human beings and that's how mind works. Even, even if there is a designated person that takes minutes, make sure that you have your own and if they follow up with minutes then you can say okay this is also my take on things but make sure that you have it in written because that's very 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 useful for later on and another thing that you mentioned is <coughs> something again that i learned by by trial and error probably most of you have as well use implicit uh, confirmation so you can write this is what we spoke about, point one, point two, point three. This is what we agreed on, point one, point two, point three. And then you can finish up with, uh, please confirm that you agree. If you do this like that, then you leave yourself in a situation where they can say, hey, I never read this email because I get too many emails and I didn't confirm, so it doesn't count. Or you can do what Tom did there and say, we agreed on this, point one, point two. My conclusions are point one, point two, point three. Comment if you disagree. Hey, but I never read your email. That's fine. That's Not my problem. Perfectly fine. Yeah, so always book time to write the minutes and always take, uh, always make sure that your email is implicitly confirmed unless explicitly objected to. Two protests. Also, one thing, one thing to add on top of that is when I need like an explicit confirmation on a certain thing, and I've seen this with organizations where people especially in the Western companies, are avoiding or dodging responsibility, especially if they are not like senior management or leadership. Nobody wants to make a final decision. It's always kind of like a group decision, right? So it's like, oh, we are doing this. But like, who is actually making a final call on the date, the actual specific, like who is making the final sign-off? Even if it's a group decision, what I would do is I would write a spec or like, this is what we're building since this is my job. So I write, okay, the new feature is going to be this, this, and this. We are building this first. This is for the stage one that we want to test with the users. In stage two, it's coming this, this, and this functionality, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's agreed with product owner, lead developer, whatever. So we all agreed on this. So it's a group decision. Still, I put it into a document, let's say a Google Docs, and then tag everybody at the end of a document add a little checkbox and make sure that they tick the checkbox and they leave a comment that they agree. So you, you basically then timestamp it like, Oh yes. Like you select your name, write a comment like, yeah, I agree, whatever. And then it stays there. So in that way, I have a confirmation that you've read it, you agreed. And then when somebody asked online, like who made this decision? Like, Oh, we did. These are the people signed the people signed for it. And then there's no backseat speak. And then there's no dodging responsibility. And I happened, this happened a couple of times where people would not reply. So I would chase them like, hey, have you seen the, like, oh, I read it. Like, please sign it. Like, I will. No, no, no. Like, we are not starting until you sign. I'm not starting. And and then I would I would literally grab the CTO. And I was like, look, look, I have this ready. These people don't want to sign. They are dodging responsibility. Make them sign. And then he would send an email and it would get signed. But like, don't dick around with me anymore. And this is unfortunately what comes through trial and error uh, with years of experience. But hopefully someone younger is listening to this and knows how to avoid this in the future. People are afraid to talk to the leadership or whatever the power may be people in, 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 in leadership positions. But actually want to get shit done. So just ask for their... Ask for there to cover your ass if 
if it's going to help you down the line and then 12 for sure i was just about to say we've learned a lot of this on trial and error basis but this is what the podcast is for so hopefully somebody might be listening that might say okay this makes sense i'm going to try to use it without actually having to learn it most things not most things you do have to learn in your own skin but not necessarily all of them so hopefully yeah. someone gets some value out of this another cool thing and this was I actually learned this on my first job uh, especially when you come to on-site meetings like physical presence and everything but it also applies to uh, online meetings when you take notes a much better impression is left if you take it with pen and paper versus taking them on a machine and for me this works for two reasons one reason is that paper and pen is much more flexible you can draw arrows you can draw diagrams you can scratch stuff off you can tear out the piece of paper throw it away you can do that really quickly in real time while everything is happening you cannot draw a diagram in an electronic tool on your device as quickly as the conversation in the room is happening don't i mean maybe you can maybe i'm just old and suck at new uis but it's extremely difficult and the second thing is if you're at a meeting and somebody is you know talking and you are either on your cell phone uh, typing up what they're talking or you are on your computer typing up what they're talking it look it gives away two things first it gives away that you're not paying attention because you're doing something else even if that something else is actually typing up what they say the impression that they get is that you're not at all listening to that person you're playing freaking uh, clash of clans and the second is that your activity while doing something on this and doing something on the phone is distracting others to look at oh my god what he's now doing on his phone as opposed to pen and paper which is kind of plain and they see that you're writing and everything is clear this again might be a generation issue so it might not apply to our younger listeners if we have any but it's really something that i think gives a lot of value and then also when somebody sees you come in you come in to the meeting you sit down you get out your nice diary or whatever you have your pen it looks it impresses it gives a feeling that you've actually come to that meeting prepared to pay attention when you get in there and take out your cell phone you know and have it in your hand it kind of gives the impression oh my god this is just another meeting and if you can, it's not necessarily going to make an actual difference but it makes a lot of difference in perception and you can gain points in your co-workers eyes easily by just having around the pen and paper and come on that's not too difficult exactly that's that's great and i don't care if it's a generation initially or not i call out people with phones in my meetings like please put away your phone and don't care about that like if, if you don't want to be in this meeting there's a door and you'll get an email when it's done and oh he's so rude I'm like i don't give a shit and one thing that i do is to avoid unnecessary meetings and to avoid uh repeating myself constantly and when i join a company or a project or whatever depending on a lot of companies use slack but depending on whatever 
communication tool they use. I set up my own kind of space. So let's say I would, on Slack, I would create my own Slack channel and I would call it Tom designs in public or whatever the fuck it is, because I have nothing to hide. And there's the things that I'm working on that I've been hired to do. So I tend to like on a Monday, or like beginning of the week, say like, oh, this is my plan for the week. These are the things that I'm doing. Uh, Tag people that are involved in whatever I'm doing and make sure that everybody's aware that my diary is open. If you want to schedule a meeting, you can see in my diary when I'm available for meetings, blah, blah, blah. I want to do this, this, and this. Here, Here are the links. And then on Friday, I say this has been achieved. Maybe if I've been actually designing something like UI wise, share the 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 screens or share the ux findings this is the research came up with this these are the results da, da, da. and then again take everybody who helped me say thank you to people who were of assistance make sure that everybody's aware and then take the channel so i invited everybody in channel you're aware and i i say like if you want to know more about what i've been doing it's here because it's so easy to get involved in what you're doing that you're just not aware of what everybody else is doing and I know that this is true. And I know that people, like, if, they, if we don't speak for two weeks, you have no idea what I've been working on. So I kind of try to keep everybody aware. And I've noticed not a lot of people do this. So I have to go around and, like, try to figure out what's been done in backend, what's been done in frontend, where, how we're we progressing. I can follow everybody's tickets, right? So I try to make this as a preemptive, kind of make sure everybody's aware where we're at. So when I present something in once a month, I present a prototype or whatever, like, oh, I've seen this. There's a there's There's been a process and a path of how this came together. And I really invite input from everybody. So one of the main things that I like to say is that everybody has an equal say at my table in terms of I want to have input from front end and back end and sales and marketing. Everybody has a different objective, different types of resources they can spend and how we are all making sure that we are achieving whatever the goal is for the business. We are all making this business move forward, right? So try to involve everybody as much as I can and get them aware of what I'm doing. And then if somebody takes a priority, we can say like, oh, marketing wants to have see this first, but then I can tag development and say like, hey, marketing wants to focus on this. Where are you guys on this feature? So it's kind of making a conversation around that. And it doesn't happen often, but I try to push it as much as I can. And this is one of the things that I actually teach in my practical part of the workshop around communication is like make sure that people are aware of what you're doing and be aware of what everybody else is doing and it's so easy to do that and just people like you said they don't schedule time for it and then get involved in the tasks they have to do it's easy to fall through the cracks and suddenly it's two weeks later and nobody knows what's happening we actually have a similar thing in pk or the company where i'm doing we have an operations channel where on a daily basis you get okay projects that are currently running this 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 one needs action from mario this 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 one needs action from mario this 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 one needs action from projects that are finished this is this one needs follow up from this salesperson this one needs this this one needs that and basically you get an operations what's happening you know what's happening you know who needs which action you can comment on each of them but you're aware of what's happening in the you know, you get a quick glimpse of what's happening. And if you follow that, you know what's happening with the company every day. Another thing yeah. I wanted to point out on meetings, what can make it more effective is, quote unquote, the completion of meeting. And we've already said a few tips. So after the meeting, leave some time for you to write minutes and make sure that you make minutes and email them to relevant participants of the meeting. 
The third thing that I think is really, really, really important and that I bug my teams a lot about is minutes need to become an uh, an actual actionable to-do list. So if we agree that, I don't know, Something needs to be designed because that's blocking us. That's very nice that we agreed it. But if something needs to be, be designed because it's blocking us, then it needs to become an issue in Jira or Trello or whatever we're using. It needs to get a date. So something needs to be designed by next Thursday, and it needs to get a person who owns it. Next Thursday, by Tom. Is it going to be by Tom or his team? I don't care. Tom is going to decide. But it has to be designed by next Thursday by Tom. We have a deadline and Tom owns it. And then it's Tom's job to do whatever they want with it. But notice how I mentioned you with they. I'm becoming... Uh, Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate you you respecting my pronouns. Yes. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so anyway uh, you need to make things into actionable to-do items that are assigned to a person or a team and assign a deadline because then at next meeting if you want you can do a quick recap of okay last time we agreed on this we can check where we are and then you can check the jira point okay this isn't done this is into doing this is on staging this is you know and then you can see okay our last meeting made sense because it actually got stuff done and when you actually see meetings resulting in stuff getting done then meetings get make sense when you see meetings resulting in more meetings, like in the CIA manual, then meetings don't make sense and you feel frustrated about them. So make sure that by making the most of your meetings, make sure that your team will understand the value of those meetings and that those meetings are actually a trigger to get stuff done. One question for you in this Shoot. situation. like How would you decide who is invited and important for a meeting and who is not be and asking you this because I kind of feel that people when they are making a meeting they kind of invite a lot of people because they don't want to be rude and they don't want any left anybody out right it kind of felt like are we going to invite all of the designers all of the front end developers right it's kind of it's like I want to make sure that everybody's in the know but then again you have to either waste four people's 30 minutes instead of one but then if I choose one I need to make sure that that person's gonna deliver the information to everybody else like how to work around that but in an ideal situation you have a you have a you have a hierarchy so like if you're working on a project which has a design team and a development team and a marketing team and for some reason you need input from all three departments you're going to shoot out a Slack message to the three team leads and say, hey guys, we're working on this project, we're doing this feature, I would need input for, from the three of you on this. Can you come to a meeting? And then you might say, from marketing, you might get to like one single response. For us, this is not relevant, therefore nobody from my team is going to come to the meeting. From the design team, you can say, okay, I'm going to come. A team lead can say, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to pick up the requirements and then I'm going to see who's going to do it because we are pressed with resources and whatever. And from the development team, you can say, you can get a response from the team lead that says, okay, I understand what you need. I won't do it, but uh, I don't know. This person is in charge of that particular feature. They can come in. They can handle the meeting. So it's if you do it in advance, 
And if you say, okay, this is what the meeting is going to be about, and this is the agenda that I need, and this is the input that I need from other departments, then you make it easy to, to know who needs to be present at that meeting. If you say, hey, I need brainstorming, let's just hop on a meeting, then it's possible that you're wasting people's time. And I'm not saying that brainstorming meetings aren't useful. Brainstorming meetings can be useful, but then their agenda is indeed brainstorming. This is the topic. These are the problems that we are having, and I have no idea how to solve them, so I need five of you to come in and brainstorm with me. So that's also an agenda, but like a meeting where, hey, I would need people from sales, marketing, and design, and then we're going to discuss. No. I, I mean, no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> Just no. Make it a, make that meeting an email. Yeah, but like make make an agenda for that meeting as to what the meeting is trying to accomplish. Because the goal of a meeting is to solve a problem. If the goal of your meeting is not to solve a problem, then that meeting doesn't have a purpose. And if the goal of the meeting is to solve a problem, then it can actually have an agenda describing what the problem is, what are the ideas, and let's discuss the potential ideas. So I don't think it's a difficult concept. I think it's a neglected concept. It's a neglect. Yeah, that's 100% true. And one thing that we haven't touched on today, and that's the listening skills, which I think are lacking. Uh, and it's not, easy, it's not hard to master, but I've seen a lot of meetings turn into a series of monologues where people are just waiting their turn to talk to say their thing instead of having a genuine conversation between multiple people listening to what other people said and then using that information to form their next thing they're going to say and it's so easy and it doesn't happen and then everybody just came in i said my thing i got out and nobody heard anything okay this is I... a broader topic because it's not this is a broader topic because it's not just about uh, the meetings, it's about communication in general. Uh, I've addressed it and actually I've given a talk on a web conference called Webcam Zagreb in 2017, I'm going to say, about debugging communication and what I think about that. If it's possible, Tom, it would be amazing if we had a link to that. Not that I'm promoting myself because I obviously am, but it would be so cool to have it. But Great talk. Uh, basically, oh, yeah. in there, in there, I'm mentioning, uh, one of the points I'm mentioning is the confrontation between speaking and listening. Because normally when, I don't know, if Tom and I had a topic that we disagree on, a normal, unexpected human reaction is that you are trying to use your argument to win in the debate. It's natural for human beings to try to defend their position and to try to win. But if you're just speaking and focusing on how to give your own arguments and how to win in the debate, in the end, you might win. Congratulations. But you might lose the opportunity to learn anything from what the other person was saying because you're immediately dismissing it as wrong and not even focusing on it because you're focusing on your own arguments and your own supporting points. So while focusing on what you want to say and your own arguments and your own point of view, which is completely natural and can get you to win, if you actually take a step back and focus on trying to understand where the other person or people are coming from and why, 
and ask them some questions like, why do you think so? Can you explain it to me? I don't get it. But if you focus on their position, on what they are coming from and why, then you can actually extract value from what they are saying. And this is a skill, again, like Tom said, it's a skill that can be learned. You just think about it, you figure out, okay, this makes sense, and you start focusing on it, and with time it comes natural. But uh, understanding what people are saying and why can actually extract value from what they're saying. In the end, you can say, okay, whatever you said makes absolutely no sense and I completely disagree with you and, and I'm going to dismiss whatever you said, but you took a step where you tried to understand it, where you understood it, and then made a conscious decision that it actually makes no sense, as opposed to you just keep going with your own thing and, and ignoring everything the other person is saying because you want to win. So, sorry if this rant went a little bit off topic, but this is... No, it's fine. We could actually I'll, do a I'll general just... communication episode because that's that might be... We should. We should. There's a great book on that topic from Edward de Bono called Having a Beautiful Mind. How to Have a Beautiful Mind. I'll link that as well because I think it's a, it's a great addition to what you said. And with that note, we're going to wrap it up for today. One thing that is a skill is also know when to end a meeting. So I'm ending this episode by saying thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Mario, for sharing. And I'll leave you with my bad joke for the day. Since you got a haircut, you didn't get a haircut. You got them all cut. Oh, yes. This was so bad. But in order to save yourself, you need to find the sketch from a bit of Hugh and Laurie where Hugh Grant comes to... A bit of Fry and Laurie where Hugh Grant comes to Stephen Fry to get his haircut. I'm going to find it. We can link it. Uh, my bad joke of the day is happening in an oven where two donuts are being baked. And one donut says, man, it's hot. And the other donut says, oh, my God, a talking donut. <laughs> nope. Okay. 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 Thank you, everybody, for listening. I tried. Like, subscribe. I love people to leave comments. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Enjoy. Bye.